Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. And today, we're going to break down some things for you. But first, I want to say this podcast is brought to you by the LMG Podcast Network. And um, you know how we start matches of the week, right? We got we love the graps. We love some wrestling. So this past week has some really good tag teams, um, six-man tag matches. So first of all, I want to show some love to AEW with uh, Collision. I think Collision has been pretty good lately uh, to me. Um, and I think mainly because they've been focusing on House of Black, which I've been saying for, for years now. Focus on House of Black, give them different opponents, separate them, do different things, but build around House of Black on Collision. Um, and in this match, they had House of Black versus FTR and Daniel Garcia in a six-man tag match. Man, it was a really good one, bro. Like, FTR don't miss. FTR is, if you put them in the match, it's going to be fun. Uh, the week before, they faced, it was just FTR versus uh, two members of House of Black, and that was fun. Right, uh, Brody King wasn't even in now as far as uh, in the match in the tag team. He made an appearance later, but like you know, FTR they just don't miss, man. And then add in Daniel Garcia, who is an outstanding wrestler, but has done a good job of adding the entertainment value as well, so he can give you a little bit of both, right? Honestly, man, he might not have the the look, but but we've we've have plenty of Hall of Famers who are in the Hall of Fame who didn't have the look, right? So I think if Dan Garcia keeps working, keeps getting better, like, dude has all the potential, bro, like, for them to build uh, AEW around him. And uh, this match showed that, like, FTR, Danny Garcia had great chemistry. Uh, it made sense. Danny Garcia is entertaining, but he's also really, really technical, uh, really, really technical in the ring, which is really what really uh, – works well with what FTR does. They're really technical, but they're also very, like, smash mouth. They're very, like, hit you. Uh, they're not necessarily, you know what I mean? But they, they're, they're the type of guys who literally watch tapes of Bret Hart and, you know, Mr. Perfect and all those guys, right? So going up against House of Black, which those dudes are not the technical. Now, Alistair or Malachi Black can technical wrestle with anybody, but they're more strikers. They're more power you know things of that nature so it was a really good back and forth between those two teams had a lot of false counts a lot of really good stuff you know me i'm a big brody king guy so i love that he got to get his time in uh right now he has a hurt right hand and he has a cast on it honestly it makes him look even cooler um just because he's wrestling with one hand he's done his chops with one hand and they're still struggling to get him to go down you know what i mean i thought i think AEW, FTR, and Dan Garcia did a really good job of making Brody look good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very hard. It's very easy for some dudes who are going up against a big guy to not make the big guy look strong. And they did that in this match. Brody looked like the biggest weapon that they were trying to strategically stay away from. Him, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it was a fun match. Really good finish. FTR came out with the victory. Um, House of Black. FTR, I'm trying to remember... No, that's right. Ah, man, who came out with the victory? Okay, I want to say, okay, yeah, I think House of Black won because I think Malachi Black hit him with the fade to black. Then uh, my guy, forgetting my guy's name, hit him with the Seth Rollins stomp, and then one, two, three. Then FTR came in. They started, uh, House of Black started celebrating. FTR came in, uh, and Danny Garcia came in with cheers, wiped him out. 
you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, that that was the ending of it. But yeah, next match we have is a really underrated. Like, didn't wasn't expecting a ton from this. Was the LWO versus uh, the new uh, Legado del Fantasma version uh, with um, Santos Escobar, uh, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo? And man, that was a really fun match. It was a really good tag team match. Um, Santos wasn't in this one, but he was on the side, you know, uh, in the booth um, announcing on the side. It was a really good match, man. It, it literally, you could tell the producers of the match was just like, hey, man, I'm going to let y'all luchadors cook, man. I'm going to just let y'all do what y'all do. Probably done it a million times over in Mexico or wherever. Uh, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm sure you guys have traveled around with each other and done this match before. So I'm going to let y'all cook. Just make sure everything look good for the camera angles and all that, and we can get everything right and timed ready. But I'm going to let y'all do our thing. And that's basically what this match was, man. It was a lot of high-flying really fast paced. Uh, it was a really good match. Honestly, the crowd was getting into it. Um, and so I just didn't expect a ton from this match, but it was fun, man. I had a really good time um, watching those guys go at it. And so um, shout out to them. And I'm looking forward more to that rivalry. And I'm really hoping they really keep pushing Santos and uh, Legado del Fantasma and keep pushing that because you got a lot. And uh, they Carlito came in and, went up against Santos or basically interfered and went up against Santos. So I'm assuming they're pushing towards a Santos versus uh, Carlito match. Uh, we shall see. But I definitely think uh, Santos has, again, I, you know, me, I'm a Santos guy. So I think he has all the tools to be the – I don't want to put the Eddie Guerrero trope on him because that's like the most lazy thing to do. But I think as far as like being on SmackDown, literally holding down a brand – and being an international sensation, uh, Mexican sensation, but also having the skills to translate, to to translate over to no matter what race you are, everybody loves Eddie Guerrero. No matter what race you are, you love Eddie Guerrero. I think that's what they're trying to get Santos towards. And and you do that by respecting his him being a villain, right? We all love Eddie as the when he was a babyface, but we loved him as a villain too. Like he when he was a villain. You felt scared for Ray. You felt scared for Dominic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just because he did it so well. So I'm hoping Santos, I think Santos has that ability. Um, all right, let's get into uh, the topics today. First, I want to touch on, man, I'm really noticing, obviously, right now, Monday Night Raw is probably the, the, the best show right now, right? Uh, I think we can agree on that. But I do like what they're doing with SmackDown. Like I feel like they're kind of building it how they did in the in the, and I think this has kind of always been the case, but I think there was a special time as we know during that mid two thousands time where SmackDown was kind of was whooping Raw's ass right, but it didn't start out that way. They started out with a plan and then it ultimately led to you getting the Ray Mysterios, the Edges, the the Eddie Guerreros, the you know what I'm saying like Batistas and and throwing Taker in there, throwing, you know what I mean? Kurt Angles. Like, but you had to build first. I think they're in the building process right now, SmackDown, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, think of their roster right now. You got Theory. You can think whatever you want about Theory, but he is a talent. Grayson Waller, I'm, I'm a big fan of Grayson Waller. You got Pretty Deadly, who I think, once healthy, will hold down the tag team division. Dragon Lee's really good. 
Um, again, just naming like young guys with talent, right? Um, the I just talked about LWO, Dogado del, del Fantasma. Um, you got Karrion Cross, obviously, LA Knight. Uh, you got still got the Street Profits over there. You got Randy holding it down as usual, right? You got some vets in there, right? Um, Carlito, Bobby Lashley. Um, and then on the women's side, you got think about the women's side is stacked over there, right? Bianca, EO Sky, um, Charlotte, right? Uh, Alba Fire, and 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 you know, obviously you have damage control with Bailey and Oscar and um and Dakota and again EO. So I just think what they're doing over there, and then potentially Pete Dunn, and we'll talk about that as well. But I just I just think what they're doing is really really cool. Uh, I think I feel like I'm seeing a it's kind of like watching a, a football team or a basketball team who has some veterans there, but they got some young talent they're letting cook, right? You're kind of you're not in a rebuild period all the way because you still got some vets who are still there that are quality, but you still got some underneath talent who you think we able to take it to the next level moving forward. Um again, like it's just a really talented group. And right now, obviously, and you still have the the foundation of it all, which is the bloodline. Um, and Nick Aldis has been a great addition to SmackDown. And I think he adds a special kind of, oh, I, I kind of want to see what Nick Aldis is going to do this week type of thing, where we didn't have that before, obviously. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying SmackDown. I think Raw, obviously, Raw is better right now just because they have, the, they have more top-end talent, right? They got CM Punk's. They got the Cody's. They got the Seth's. They got Drew McIntyre, Dominic. They got Judgment Day, um, Becky Lynch, Rhea, right? Like, you got a ton of talent over there. But, I mean, Gunther, obviously. But I think SmackDown, give SmackDown about four to five months, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to change a little bit, right? Because I think Grayson Waller is going to continue to shoot up. Once we get Pete Dunne, he shoots up. I think Bobby Lashley is always going to be a mainstay. Got Kevin Owens. You still got Logan Paul, who holds the belt for whatever reason. But if he shows up, that's big. Obviously, you got one of the biggest stars in the game right now, L.A. Knight, uh, Randy Orton, right? Like, you got all these people here who can really do big things. So I'm excited for that. But, yeah, I just wanted to shout out SmackDown's layout right now. I think they're doing a really good job over there. Um, some people hate on SmackDown, but I'm like, I see what they're cooking. I see what Triple H is. I see months down the line what he's trying to do. He's trying to make it to where – SmackDown is where the young guys go. Shoot, he again, he he debuted Dragon Lee was when Dragon Lee was still on the NXT roster before he fully came over to the main roster. He was throwing Dragon Lee in there. Right now, he's throwing uh, Carmelo Hayes in there and he's competing in that US title uh, tournament that he uh, competed in, right? Just exposing him, put him on a background segment. He's not on the main roster yet, but like you expose him piece by piece by piece and then boom, he's going to move over, right? And that's another addition. If they get him, that's a superstar level talent, right? With a Carmelo Hayes. So, especially if he can cake, if we get Trick Williams over there too, it's a wrap. But uh, yeah, shout out to SmackDown. People might hate on it right now, but I, I see what Triple H is doing. Um, again, I mentioned Pete Dunn. As you guys saw, you may or may not have seen the latest SmackDown episode. Um, we had uh, Tyler Bates speaking with Pete Dunn, and Pete Dunn kind of expresses some frustration and like not knowing where he's going. He's kind of out, you know, he's not with Sheamus and anymore. So he's kind of like the brawling brutes. So he's sort of like, I don't know what, what, I, who I am really. 
And Tyler Bates like, man, you got to find that. You got to find who you are again. And he's like, all right. He was like, what's what's gonna, your name? Like, you got to really state your name out there. And then they cut it off before he um, – what was my name now? Um, Butch. Yeah, before Butch could say his new name, which we all believe is going to be P. Dunn. We've been asking for his name. to. If anyone's listened to this podcast, you know I've been asking for him to give him his damn name. Pete Dunn. Like, that's the bruiser way, Pete Dunn. Like, give him his music back. Give all that stuff back. Um, the the Butch stuff that was it was cool for a little bit, but it never never was worth taking Pete Dunn away from him, right? So give him Pete Dunn, let him become the bruiserweight, make him damn near go undefeated for a while, and just start destroying dudes. And I want to see him get that U.S. title. I think that'd be a really good look for him. Um, but yeah, really excited for Pete Dunn. Um, really really excited for that one. Um, now we, I want to talk about Rhea versus Becky. They had a, um, in this latest episode of raw, they had a promo, uh, against each other. And I saw a lot of people's reaction to it. And it was kind of frustrating to be honest, because it's like, sometimes I wonder, like, do these people understand, first of all, the business of pro wrestling, like what they're literally trying to make money. So they're trying to make the biggest match, not the, not the corner of, internet wrestling cultures like lovable match they want to make the best match and also the match that makes the most money so i saw a lot of people were like well Be- and essentially becky was saying to Rhea in the promo that hey i i've i've done it all i'm the man i'm literally called the man i've re- i've made event at wrestlemania i've done all these great things but i have not beaten you yet for that title i and and i want to prove to myself and to others that I am the man and that I am the best there is, and I want to hold that belt. And people were mad that Becky said that. They were sort of people were thinking like, "You've made it into WrestleMania. You have nothing to prove. Why is she? Why is she saying she has to prove? Is this the storyline? Really? This is this week?" And I'm like, "Bro, give them like they just started talking. Like they've been low low key slowly building this." And they have their first interaction and you want them to have some soliloquy about their past life with each other. It's the first time they interacted. Like, give them time. WrestleMania, WrestleMania is not next week. We still have a Royal Rumble, right? And ba- basically what Becky said is, I, I want to prove myself and beat you. The only way I can do that is I have to win the Royal Rumble, right? And that's the only way she can get her contender shot, right? That makes sense. And then fans were like, why does she get a title shot? She just lost to uh, Nia Jax. Why does she get a title shot? And I'm just like, bro, did you not just hear what she said? She didn't call her. She didn't call out Rhea and be like, I want a title match next week. She said, I have to go through another obstacle to get to you. Once I'm done with that obstacle and I win that, that thing, I'm going to see you. I'm pulling up. And it's like, what? That's the most basic wrestling concept of all time. And it's just like, this is frustrating, man. And and I don't want to I don't want to Look, there's stupid wrestling fans everywhere. I want to be clear on that. But there are, I'm realizing women's wrestling fans. This doesn't mean women in general, just specifically, I'm saying women's wrestling fans, man, women, whatever. I feel like women's wrestling fans are so like the most frustrating to to see, to interact with. It's like they don't understand that like did you not understand like not everything needs to be Game of Thrones level storytelling, right? Like 
some stuff can literally be, hey, I want to be the best. You're the best right now because you hold the belt. I want to beat you. Yeah, we have some past interactions. Yeah, we got beef. We don't necessarily like each other. But the brass tax is, I want to beat you for that belt, and I want to prove I'm better than you. That That's, like, I'm cool with that. If it's two people that have earned the right to do that, I'm cool with that. The Literally, my favorite rivalry of all time is built off of that, as far as The Rock and Stone Cold. Like, they didn't, yeah, they had history, but the history was, I want to be the best. You're up here with me. I don't want anyone in my stratosphere as far as being the best. So I got to beat you. And the other person was like, yeah, okay, I got to beat you for the same thing. Like there wasn't some brass, you know, this Sami Zayn level storytelling. No, like we, it's really simple. And I feel like sometimes they don't understand that. And it's like, it's the first week. Again, we got WrestleMania until April. Like, Why are we rushing this thing to try to, like, why are we expecting them to have some 45-minute promo every week? It's like, it's kind of silly. It's like, you don't understand the wrestling business if, if you think that way. Um, and that's what I'm realizing more and more. People don't understand. People think they know wrestling, and they might know a little bit. Like, I feel like this is the most educated we've been in wrestling, but the dumbest we've been about the actual business. And, like, understanding, like, they're this is they're playing the long game, folks. Like, come on now. Catch up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I, do, I did really enjoy – the interaction between Rhea and Becky, again, I think that's the match to make. If you are stupid enough to utter Liz, Liv Morgan's name, I, I can, I, I'm sorry. I can, I disqualify you as a wrestling fan because you don't understand wrestling to me. You understand, you know, what someone would do on WWE 2K. That's fine. Go do that. Go play that right now. Go do that. Go have Liv win the Royal Rumble. Have her go face somebody at the WrestleMania because that's the only time you're ever going to see Liv Morgan wrestle at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. She's not in a singles match at WrestleMania. It's, it's, for a title, it's not going to happen. There's way too many better women. I'm sorry. It's just like they got way better options than to ever go to Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan don't even have the buzz like that. We've seen her as a champion. She hasn't been good, Right. No shot to her personally. It's just is what it is. It's nothing wrong with her. I want her there. I want her healthy and I want her wrestling. She's a great addition to the roster. But we have to stop with the leveling people up who just don't belong there. Right? She's the perfect example of someone who they should have a mid-card title for. She's a perfect mid higher tier mid-card title holder. Uh she's perfect for it. But again, really enjoy Rhea versus Becky. That's the title, that's the title match to make. They should have Becky win the championship or win at Elimination Chamber to have a title shot at um, Becky. I want one-on-one, -on -one, them two. And if if you're going to do triple threat or four-way, uh, four it better be dogs in there. It better not be nobody up and coming. Hey, respectfully, this is WrestleMania. They, it needs to be Charlotte, Bailey, um, Bianca, you know, if Sasha ever came back, it's probably not going to happen. But, you know what I mean? That level of star, it better not be nobody else. Or EO. I'll give EO a shot. But anybody else? No thanks. I want to see the dogs go against each other. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. Now, um, I've also, on SmackDown, I've really enjoyed the Logan Paul versus the Kevin Owens uh, rivalry. I didn't know I'd like that that much, to be honest. I thought it would kind of you know, weighing on me a little bit just because Logan Paul's not there every week. But 
him as a title holder, I still I'm not I don't love the idea. I think it should be with someone else. Um, but I get why they did it. Uh brings it a lot of attention. What Gia has brought it a lot of attention. He's put it over on non-wrestling pa- platforms, so good for him. Shout out to him. Um and KO has a broken hand, I believe, and he's recovering, so he's had that that cast on his hand. And they've used that to the storyline. So I, I kind of like that. Um I think at Royal Rumble, when they face against each other, I think Logan Paul is going to retain the title. I think they want to. I think they want to have Logan keep the title until WrestleMania, and then once we get to WrestleMania, he will, you know, lose it to somebody who's maybe up and coming or something like that. But I think they, won't, bro, they're going to use Logan Paul to get every no- ticket number they can, every view they can at WrestleMania, at Elimination Chamber, uh, in in uh, Australia, in Australia. They're, going, they're trying to blow the roof off the place as far as attendance. So they're going to use, in social media interaction, they're going to use Logan Paul, every drip he has of him. So um, shout out to to Logan Paul. Um, he uses the WWE, and the WWE uses him, and it's a good relationship. Uh, I'm happy about it. So good for him. Um, now, I did want to talk about Royal Rumble possible winners. Now, I did want to go, there's an article out here who um, written by the Sportster, um, the website, the Sportster, honestly, never really read this website, but it looks like a, a quality article. So we're going to go through 10 predictions uh, for the 2024 Royal Rumble written by Tevin, excuse me, written by Tevin King. Uh, this is written on January 9th. All right. So it's pretty, pretty recent. Um, all right. Number 10. We have the Kabuki Warriors win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, I, I can I can definitely see that. Now, currently, the holders are Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Um, they have the championship belts right now, and they're really getting over with the crowd. So, I, I, I'm hoping this isn't true. Like, but I I'm okay either way. I kind of understand what they're doing with. Obviously, Kabuki Kabuki Warriors had the titles before in 2019. Um, and so I understand what they're doing there. And they want to add some more gold to damage control to kind of have them solidify themselves as the dominant, truly, truly dominant um, faction on SmackDown, women's faction. However, again, Katana Chance and Caden Carter are just, they're, they're the champions right now. They're over with the crowd. They're really exciting. They do a lot of creative stuff. So... I'm kind of hoping Katana Chance and Caden Carter retain the belt. I hope this prediction is not true. Um, I really hope they continue to win the belt. And I, and I hope they – I really want to see them to get a chance at a big pay-per-view like Royal Rumble. That would be dope. Like, if that if that was – if that's the match, I hope I hope uh, they, they pull it out and beat the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, number nine. We kind of talked about this just now, but Logan Paul retains the United States Championship again. Like I said, I think I think he wins it. Uh, I think he retains. I think they just, I think they want to give him a quality opponent. Obviously, Kevin Owens is top tier opponent, but they want to, you know, continue that. They're not going to take that belt off of him before they hit WrestleMania season. Just not going to happen. Uh, just not going to happen. It's not smart business. Um, all right, number eight. Michelle McCool enters the women's Royal Rumble match. I could definitely see that. Uh, it says here McCool has featured has been featured in the last two women's Royal Rumble matches. Now, if you remember last year, 
she kind of was in street clothes, sitting on the side, having a good time, watching the Royal Rumble. Then her name hit, and she jumped up and got in the ring, you know, in street clothes. So it was pretty cool. Um, but she's in great shape. She hasn't lost a step at all. Um, she could literally be a part of the women's division tomorrow. So I could definitely see this. Um, and, yeah, it'd be a really good time. Um, last year's Royal Rumble was probably better than the men's. It wasn't great, though. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to them switching it up. Um, there are times where I think the Royal Rumble producers sort of overthink it a little bit and have don't have as many eliminations as they probably need to. Like, we don't need 28 people in the ring at the same time. We need about six to eight, right? So that means you can have some consistent eliminations but still have storylines going on, right? And that's what I thought. The women's the women's match did last year was they they solidified story they focused on story, right? If if you know Becky Lynch came in she was going at damage control because they had going they had beef you know what I mean so and the women and the men's wasn't necessarily that theirs is more like trying to get big names so I'm excited I'm hoping that the women's Royal Rumble kind of uh, steps it up a little bit and I hope both of them do the, the men's Royal Rumble wasn't great either. Um, so yeah, number seven, Andrade returns to WWE in the men's Royal Rumble match. Um, I could definitely see this, I could definitely see that again. For those who don't know, Andrade was a former NXT champion, he held the U.S. title for a while, uh, in the late 2010s, uh, I think 2018, 2019, yeah, even 2020. And he's married to Charlotte Flair, and he was an AW, uh, he, he has some great. Great matches in AEW, but they never treated him like a star, honestly. And he always took L's, always took L's. Um, and so I think Triple H, the best run Andrade has had was when he was in NXT under Triple H, when he was the NXT champion. Um, that's his best run. And I think under, I think the reason he's coming back to WWE is because he knows Triple H understands him, and Triple H understands how to use wrestlers who aren't as fluent in in English, right? As we've seen with what he's done with Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Um, the way he's allowed Gunther to use, you know, talk in, you know, his native language at times. Um, uh, same thing with Damian Prince and different people. So I think he kind of knows that, like, okay, I feel comfortable here because, you know, they understand me and they're not going to try to change me. Uh, so I could definitely see that. I think that's a pretty high probability of Andrade returning back. And he's a great wrestler, still a great wrestler. So if he comes back, I could see him showing up on SmackDown and joining in the LWO or doing his own thing. You know, I could definitely see it. Um, And number six, we have Naomi will be welcomed back in WWE. Um, For those who don't remember, in in 2022, her and Sasha Banks uh, famously walked out on a, on a show because of the frustration with the women's tag team championships under Vince McMahon. Um, you know, Naomi left and she's now under the name Trinity. She left and ended up joining impact wrestling and has had a great run there. Uh, but I think everyone is pretty much under the assumption she wants to come back to WWE, especially now that triple H is over everything. Uh, I think she just feels like she'll get more respect there, and obviously Vince, come Vince is Vince, so uh, I could definitely see that. 
Number five, Brock Lesnar will return in time for WrestleMania season. I think this is pretty clear, right? Um, Brock is an attraction, right? Uh, he was last here during, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was SummerSlam when he went against Cody, Cody Rhodes. And that's obviously a big time attraction. Like he's not going to show up for Elimination Chamber or, you know, I mean, he's not going to be at some of these smaller fast lane. You know what I mean? He's going to be there for, you know, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, uh, um, SummerSlam, you know, the big ones, the big hitters, he's going to be there. And I think my hope is that we get Brock versus Gunther. That's my hope. I want Brock versus Gunther. I want Gunther to retain. I don't want I want Brock to put Gunther over. Um and I want Gunther to lose the title in a different way. Lose it to Dragon off two months down the line or something like that. But um yeah, I, I I'm really hoping that Brock shows up. I think he will, right? He's been out for a few months now. It's about that time. It's money making season, so you know Brock is Brock is sniffing around somewhere. Um number four. Trish Stratus will return for WWE. She last wrestled at Payback and potentially had the women's or the men. She potentially had the match of the year with her and Trish, uh, her and Becky Lynch's uh, steel cage match. That match was amazing. So I could definitely see this. Trish coming back for Royal Rumble makes perfect sense, right? Um, she showed, I, I know, I doubted her. I doubted her ability to wrestle anymore. She looked bad at. At WrestleMania, she looked bad at WrestleMania Payback um, and many other appearances. But what she did with with Becky there that night at Payback in that steel cage, that that sold me. That told me, okay, either Becky is the GOAT at carrying another wrestler or Trish is out here, you know, leveling up a little bit um, and kind of heard some of the noise and was like, all right, let me show y'all. So Trish showing up definitely makes sense. All right, number three. The undisputed WWE Universal Championship could headline the show. So this is sort of controversial, not necessarily. Well, and and actually, now that I think about it. So back in the day, the Royal Rumble always closed the show, right? The the 30-man men's Royal Rumble always closed the show. That was par par for the course. The la- lately, they've kind of played around with the card and building the card. Like last year, I want to say um, the Royal Rumble happened. Cody Rose won the t- won the Royal Rumble, but that was not the main event. The main event was um, Roman versus Kevin Owens, and that's when you had the moment where Sammy turns on Roman Reigns and hits him in the back as the biggest pop of the year. That occurred in the main event. So I'm thinking that's what's going to happen here. We're going to have the fatal four-way with L.A. Knight, Randy Orton, A.J. Styles, and um, Roman Reigns for the Universal title. I think that's going to be the main event. I'm not mad either way. I think both options are good. Having, But I think with, when you have a Roman Reigns, like you kind of you got to put him at the end of the card. Like you kind of got to, right? It doesn't take anything away from the Royal Rumble match itself. Right, the, you're still going to be excited about the winner. It's still going to be a big, big moment for them and a big crowd moment. But come on, man, those are and, and it isn't like Roman's going up against some scrubs either, right? Like he's going to Randy Orton, big time, one of the biggest stars in the company right now. La Knight, and then AJ Styles, 
who is an amazing wrestler, amazing performer, and people will expect a great performance from him, right? He doesn't necessarily get the biggest crowd reactions, but people expect, people know who he is, right? They know his resume. So, yeah, the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship could headline the show, most definitely. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised, actually. Actually, I would expect it. Uh, if it doesn't headline the show, I'd be a little more surprised then. All right, number two, Bailey wins the 2024 Women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, the leader of damage, tro- damage Control is yet to win the Royal Rumble. I can definitely see this. This is pretty much what everyone's prediction is right now. Now, some people are saying Liv Morgan. Again, I, I again, I sound like a Liv Morgan hater. That's really what I sound like, and I apologize for that. However, if I have to choose between Bailey and Liv Morgan, that is the easiest decision I've ever had to make in my life. Bailey is a superstar. Liv Morgan is a star, right? Bailey has everything it takes. And I think people have been waiting to cheer for Bailey. Been waiting. She's been such a good heel. But when she was a babyface, people loved her. She was giving hugs to everybody, hugs to little kids and stuff. I think she doesn't necessarily have to turn into the huggable Bailey, the hug friendly Bailey, but just turn babyface. I think the crowd would love to cheer for Bailey. Like for real. Like she's funny. She's you know, she got that thing on her. Um, and she's just great. She's she's a great personality. And she's marketable as hell. Like they be sending her to all the NFL games, all kind of appearances, just because she's so marketable and uh great for the business. So yeah, I definitely could see her winning it. And then it'll be a fun thing where her she gets turned on maybe by damage control, or maybe damage control turns on her after she wins it. Or she, they turn on her within the match itself, and she overcomes them turning on her to win it, and then goes, okay, EO, I'm taking this belt from you. You know, something like that. So that would be really cool. Um, either way, I definitely think this is the highest possibility. If we were doing betting odds for the women's 2024 uh, Royal Rumble, I'm definitely putting my money on Bailey um, for sure. I think, she, I think she's got it. Um, I, I really don't see anybody else. You could kind of go – Nia Jax, maybe, but I just don't. I don't think. I don't think that's the answer. I think that kind of ruins things and doesn't add any storyline whatsoever. Because um, yeah, number one, I think this is the most lazy prediction, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense. CM Punk wins the twenty twenty four Men's Royal Rumble match. Now, I could definitely see that um, he's yet to ever headline um, WrestleMania. And so to get him in the main event of WrestleMania versus Seth, which I think will be the choice, or Roman Reigns, you got to have him win the Royal Rumble. Or you got to have him potentially lose the Royal Rumble, but then get another chance at Elimination Chamber. Um, So that's kind of – Elimination Chamber has always been kind of the fail-safe if – things don't go great at Royal Rumble or if they need to switch some stuff up storyline to, to get somebody in the title match, they use an elimination chamber a lot of the time. So, um, and I could definitely see Seth defending his title elimination chamber. Um, so it, it could be interesting, but CM Punk winning it, I wouldn't be mad at it, especially if, if he's in shape, if he's ready to go and he could perform at a high level. I, I'm not mad at it, honestly. I think him and Seth at a mania would have so much build and just so much hype around it because them two don't like each other in real life. So, uh, yeah, CM Punk wins a 2024 Men's Royal Rumble match. 
Wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. However, this is, again, this is the most unpredictable Royal Rumble I can remember. So if Gunther won it, wouldn't be surprised. If Cody won it, wouldn't be surprised. If, you know, somebody else won it, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Randy, you know. So, um, but I'm definitely excited to see what Royal Rumble has. It's going to be a really good card, I think, um, the way they're building it out. And Triple H, for the most part, doesn't miss when it comes to pay-per-views. Um, but yeah, that is the top 10 pr- predictions for the 2024 Royal Rumble written by um, Tevin King of the Sportster. So that was a good one. All right. Now we're going to finish out with our top five. The top five today is our the top five wrestlers I am excited for in 2024. Right. So basically wrestlers that I think are going to get a huge opportunity in 2024 and they're going to knock it out the park. Um, I want to start with a honorable mention. I think Ludwig Kaiser Kaiser, uh, of Imperium is going to get a big time boost this year. He's got a lot of big boosts to end this year or to start this year. And even at the end of 2023, um, you know, taking out Kofi King, uh, Kofi, uh, taking out, um, other members of the new day, you know, and he looking like a badass while doing it, looking like a, like an assassin, you know, one of them James Bond assassins. Like he just looks really good, and he and he looks like he can carry his own. Yes, he stands behind Gunther, but he's also a weapon in his own own right. And so, Lowell Kaiser, I think, is going to be a guy who really levels up and maybe could potentially hold, you know, a mid card gold this year, uh, potentially, especially if Gunther gets off of that Intercontinental title. Number five for me to start the list officially: Santos Escobar, as I mentioned before. The the uh, Emperor of Lucha Libre. That's such a great name. The Emperor of Lucha Libre. Um, I think Santos has all the tools like to talk about, like I talked about before. I think um he'll get bigger, bigger opportunities as far as title shots and just being on pay-per-views, you know, more pay-per-views and having more matches on pay-per-views. So um Santos is definitely up there. Number four for me, Mello and Trick Williams. Those two, I mean, NXT is pretty much built around those two right now. But I think in 2024, they're going to get a lot more shine on the main roster, potentially getting called up. And I think both are going to kill it. Both are going to, you know, Trick is, has leveled himself up already. 2023 was the year of Trick Williams. So in 2022 was the year of, of Mello. So I'm really excited to see those two. Hopefully they're together on the main roster, but if they're not, if they're separate, that's fine too. Those two got enough talent to hold it down on their own. Uh, but I think those two are going to get a lot of opportunities in 2024. Uh, number three, I talk, talked about him earlier, the bruiserweight, Pete Dunn. I think once he gets his name back and they let him be himself fully, uh, the bruiserweight, and hopefully give his music back. Hopefully he got one of the hardest songs in NXT music history. Um, so if they can give his music back, it really fits his character. So I think Pete, I think, could potentially, you know, compete for the U.S. title or be the guy to take it off of Gunther. If he does the work and the crowd is over with him, I think he could take it off Gunther. He actually owes Gunther because Gunther beat him in NXT UK for the world title. Um, Pete Dunn was undefeated for years, probably like two, two and a half years. Pete Dunn hadn't lost. But Gunther known as Walter back then comes in and beats him and holds the, and, and takes the NXT UK title. So he definitely, Pete Dunn owes, uh, 
owes Gunther or something. So I could definitely see that storyline. That's an easy one to write. Um, number two, the Creed brothers. Creed brothers are simple, man. Those dudes just bang around, have great matches, tag team matches. I think are getting over with the crowd a little bit just because they're they're so strong. And so, you know, they sacrifice their body a lot. So I could definitely see the Creed brothers getting over with the crowd more and uh, potentially getting a tag title, more tag title shots and even holding the tag titles, maybe even unified or otherwise. I could definitely see that. And then number one for me, it's pretty easy. I know it's hey, Gunther. You pick Gunther for everything. I get it. But for me, really, in 2024, I'm excited for Gunther because I think this is where he takes the next step into main event level talent, right? He has really improved his mic skills, really improved his awareness, like on promos and things of that nature, and snapping back at fans when they yell stuff at him, being really quick-witted with it. And so I think in 2024, I think what he does is he beats Brock Lesnar, retains the Intercontinental title, either gives it up or loses to Pete Dunne or Dragunov, and then challenges Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes, whoever the champion is, for the title uh, fully. And I think I think he wins, man. I really hope he wins. And if he holds both belts, Intercontinental and the World Heavyweight title, that would be dope. That would be really historic and really dope. So, um, but yeah, those are my top five wrestlers in, in 2024 that I'm excited about. Again, love with Kaiser at, number, at the honorable mention spot. Then in number five, we have Santos Escobar. Number four, Mellow Trick Gang, you know, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Number three, Pete Dunn, the Bruiser Weight. Number two, the Cree Brothers. And number one, Daring Daral, Gunther. Well, folks, I had a good time talking to you today. Um, hit me up if you have any suggestions or any predictions you think you want to throw out there for Royal Rumble. Hit me up. Um, but until then, we out. Yeah.